0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit RT11.com.
1: How do you go from a few taco carts in 2017 to an 11,000 square foot warehouse, complete with kitchen and counter service in just a few years? Not to mention the 60-plus retail outlets and coffee shops where you can score an Austin-style breakfast taco. We're going to
3: find out. So today on the show we have founder Liz from King David Tacos, which we're so excited to learn all about the story about how we've scaled. She's an Austin native, and she makes good breakfast tacos (laughs) in New York City, and they swear from their website (laughs) that they're actually good ones.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Not. like I was I just promise. tired of answering all the questions. I was like, I swear, they're the ones the, that are this this is is legit. legit. Yeah.
3: They are legit. So um yeah. Welcome. So we're nice. gonna cook today and yeah. yes. we're gonna chat about your journey so far yeah. going from one cart to sixty locations and yes. a new brick and mortar. Yep. Um, what are we first? What are we making?
4: So we're going to be making a modified migas. Um, I mean, migas is a dish that is different depending on where you have it. But you know, our migas is obviously Tex-Mex inspired. Um, you're going to run into different migas like in Spain, Mexico, South America versus Texas, but it always is some kind of base of tomatoes, peppers, and onions. Sometimes that comes in the form of actually tomatoes, peppers, and onions, and sometimes it's more of a salsa. Um, Our migas in our mom's migas taco is our mom's salsa, which is a tomato-based salsa, but I today decided to change it up, and I brought our verde salsa, which we also use to make a verde migas, which is a little bit of a spin-off on a traditional migas, but it's like the same idea. I mean, tomatillos, you know, not technically... Related to tomatoes, I don't think, but they're you know the same kind of. Same genre. Right, it's in the yeah, genre. Okay. Um I mean, literally, it's like little tomato. But anyway. For those that don't know,
1: what are migas?
4: So, so migas are um, you an egg dish that uh, starts with a base of either tomatoes, peppers, onions, or a salsa. Sorry, I, I, I uh, dropped off on this part. So after that, you scramble the eggs in, and you can either do. Traditionally, it's day-old corn tortilla strips. So, so much of Tex-Mex is born out of necessity or like what you have. So, you know, while you serve tortilla chips um, on the tables at Tex-Mex restaurants, it's like leftover corn tortillas from the, end of the day before. So, migas is again <laughs> using leftover tortillas. Um, that's one way to do it. That will give you a more of a soft. Uh, I guess texture to the actual corn part of it. Um, you can crush chips in like at the last minute and get a really like crunchy, more chilaquiles type of migas. Our type is definitely on the softer side. We do use fresh tortilla chips, um, crush uh, crush them in to the eggs and uh, salsa base. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Cool. No, so, I mean,
3: it sounds, yeah. So that's, and you put that in taco form. Yeah, right? so you can eat
4: migas form. as a platter. Um, is a That's platter or had, where you, yeah. yeah, it would get served, like, I think, yeah, you, the traditional way to serve meas would be as a platter, so you'd get maybe tortillas on the side, mm-hmm. but then the scramble in the middle, just like you're ordering, you know, like a, you know, farmer's scrambled, whatever, you know, other kind of scramble you would order, um, and then definitely beans um, on the side as well. All right. Cool. Um, this is awesome. Can you always be my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. prepping out has Julian, some peppers yeah. and some onions as I will
3: dice some tomato, dice some onions, so we're ready to go. Can I start? Yeah, let's, yeah. let's let's start, start rolling, and we'll keep rolling mm-hmm. you with questions. So for our for our listeners not in New York City who maybe haven't come across um, one of your taco carts, mm-hmm. tell our tell our listeners, you know, what is King David's Taco? Where are you today?
4: Are your um, journey. So, we started in 2016. I guess I should start by saying I don't come from food. I um, started in advertising in New York. I moved here right after school, UT. Um, UT Austin, which now you have to, I guess, clarify. But anyway, moved here after after school, um, worked in advertising for 10 years, and then started this um, basically out of the desire to make a better grab-and-go breakfast. I mean, obviously, I'm from Texas, proud of being from Texas, all that stuff, but like, New York, you know, it's not only going to get you so far, like, you know, a Texas gimmick, so, um, but I really feel like the breakfast taco is the perfect balance breakfast food, so as a business opportunity, I uh, decided to start Indiana Tacos. It's named after my dad, um, who, when I did first move here, he was like, you need to set up a Breakfast I was standing in Times Square because I was working in Rockefeller Plaza. Was that like a joke? He was like, "You should set up a." No, he was not joking. He <laughs> was like dead serious. And he was dead serious, and I said, congratulations on uh, your su- successful yeah. career. Why don't you? Yeah. And, <laughs> I was like, right. and I was like, no, like you know, I loved my new coffee man, but I didn't want to be one. And he was like, "I'll give you the capital to do it." And I remember when he said that word, I had no idea what capital meant. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, okay, whatever. I don't know what you're talking about, but sure, talk to you later. Like, hang up my landline, you know. And I always, when I think of them, like, why was I talking to my dad on my landline at my desk at work? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it, and then he uh, had Lewy body dementia. So, the whole like me leaving advertising and starting this was kind of inspired by, um, you know, life, the importance of, of living life to the fullest. And when I was fantasizing about starting this, Uh, while I was working my advertising jobs, I always... Knew that the name would be King David Tacos because he was a his nickname his name was David his friends called him King David. It's meant to be ambiguously Jewish, right, but right. it's not. Right. It's not, right. Well, it's not really that ambiguously Jewish, but right. it's meant to King, be like I was, cur- yeah. I was curious. I was
3: curious. That's like, cause there's nothing inherently Jewish about the dishes. No. And like, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And and I'm yeah, Jewish. I like like King David. Yeah, it's like, Yeah. Yeah. Israeli. Yeah. yeah. Thing you hear
4: a lot. And, right. You see like, a lot, and I think that that also struck me when I moved here from Texas. I'm like, there's so much. Jewish stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was speaking of coffee cart men, like when the coffee cart guy was not there on um, Yom Kippur, I was like, "What the hell? Like things are closed on Yom Kippur in New York?" But that was that was a you know that was surprising to me. Yeah. Um, Southern Jews. Yeah. I know. Oh, so, yeah. Where are you from? you I'm from Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Cool. From uh, New South. Yes. I Actually, my uh, yeah. That was yeah. Yeah. My dad's from Birmingham. Yep, and my family in Georgia. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so, that, so did your dad end up giving
3: you capital for the first part?
4: No, not directly. Not I mean, not directly. yeah. Um, I mean, I guess technically directly. Um, uh, that's, just a story that's further down the line. So basically, I when I started this, he was, uh, yeah, um, ending the end of his illness, and I didn't have any um, capital. And I was like, how do I do this? And... Not have any money now that I know what capital meant, um, and like try to see if, if make this work. And so we started this catering company. Um, that a just catering meant,
3: company.
4: Yeah. yeah so I, that just meant that I was able to like rent the kitchen for when I had orders, and I was making people order like you know hundred chocolates at a time, so that that was kind of the break even. Like so, I hope I hope to rent it, pay someone else to work with me, sometimes not, um, and. How were you the finding topic. customers? Um so I had a, a pretty uh, I had a pretty robust advertising network and I knew like from my time in advertising that there, the breakfast options for client meetings and for team meetings were nothing. So at first you were like I'm gonna here for
3: corporate,
4: corporate breakfast. Yeah. Totally. So um the, that was never the goal. Like I was, I'm very passionate about food, but I'm not um I, I'm not Wanting to have a catering company for the rest of my life, so that was just kind of like the entry point. So that was to test the market to make sure that we could make a breakfast taco, to make sure that I knew what the hell I was, you know, getting into. I mean, that I was
1: didn't, pretty uh, risk free. Pretty risk free no, if I you had no
4: extreme amounts of sleep deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> just like overworking myself. And you had left your full time job. Um, I had left my full time job. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So we're just we're tell teller people who are listening and not watching,
4: what are we doing right now? So right now I'm making um, rajas, um, which are, rajas literally means strips. Typically when you see rajas on a menu, it's poblano rajas, So and it implies also there's onions, so it be strips of poblano, strips of onions. Um, I use jalapenos just because I like them more. I mean, I like jalapenos, I like poblanos, but like I like spicy, so yeah. I'm just making some rajas that will ultimately top the migas, and I'm going to grab a little bowl, if that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, started as catering, but then was like, immediately after that summer, I was like, okay, we've got something here. Like, how am I going to sell it to more people? How am I going to be more of a, like, consumer brand? Did you have a
3: website and all that? Did you, like, it, site. Did you have to have to have any startup capital for this? Or it was it literally like, I'm um, just going to use the money when I need it and have orders? And- no, I'm
4: like, what money I have? I don't even know. <laughs> like, what my- I think I used a credit card. Um, wow. And I was, I was, I think that was the first you know, the first time in our early history that we were profitable and built the last time. <laughs> um, I mean, I built the website on Squarespace and, uh, definitely needs to be like redone now, but, um, it was very scrappy, very scrappy.
3: scrappy. So at what point were you like, okay, I have, I have a concept is proven and now it's, it's part time in Times Square.
4: So it's I then started digging into I tried to raise money and I went to the I remember our first like investor meeting and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna get permits and we're gonna do all these parts and blah blah. And they were like, Cool, like, are you sure you can get permits? And I was like, I think so. <laughs> uh, and then I did more research, got myself a little more educated and saw how hard it was. Um, and I guess I should take hard a step back to get the permits, get the permits, yep,
1: to be a street
4: vendor, yes, in like New York City. City, yeah, basically impossible. What I found was I think I, when I took that meeting I had like done, you know, some research but um, didn't know quite enough. I don't know, you know. But I as I then I dug into it and I was like, there's the only way to do this is through the parks department. But to back up is like I always knew we could do our, the wholesale program or the retail partner program or uh, go straight retail, which I felt like carts were the option because it was easier to manage than like the overhead of an entire brick and mortar. Um, and then strategically realizing that we would have access to different corners and things, that there was no other retail right. or that were literally in people's paths. So you um, never wanted to have brick and mortar? Never like that? wanted to have brick and mortar because I felt like, the biggest question for me was always like, why had this not worked for anyone else yet? Like was there another
1: had, model that you were looking at that sort of guided that decision? Or?
4: Um, I mean, I knew that in in Austin, like, grab-and-go breakfast tacos were a thing. Like, you have, like, your breakfast tacos that you read about and, like, you know, Bon Appetit, and that's, like, you know, your Veracruz and whatever. And then you have the functional breakfast tacos. And New York needed a functional breakfast taco. And because
3: I was curious about that, like, in Austin, because I don't, I mean, I... Visited France and UT, and I remember that it was like a drive-through we went
4: through. Yes, that, that was yeah, that. I bet you went to top Blue top. and White.
3: Are most of them Blue and White? That way, or are they? Might
4: have been. Um, a lot of them are drive-through. I mean, but that's the thing with breakfast. Tacos. So are they brick and mortar? Spots yes, there. they're all brick and mortar. Okay. But then they also have grab and go. So like, even Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf is carrying a local breakfast taco brand okay. in Austin. The grab
1: and go is essentially product that's placed into another retail store. Yes,
4: yeah. And then uh, other breakfast taco places are all brick and mortar, and it's on a people that have drive through Everyone's driving to work. Right. You're getting your coffee where you get your breakfast tacos, or you're getting your breakfast tacos where you get your coffee, but everyone's getting breakfast tacos in the morning. So it's so, like, it's yeah. yeah, it's part of the lifestyle. There. So it's not bagels and coffee? Or no. Like there's like right. two, I think there's like, I mean, I did grow up next a one place called the Bagelry, which was um, very... I don't even know if those bagels were good. Now that I look back, like, there's, there's like no right. I think they were good in my memory. They are good,
3: but there's no bagels. So like the equivalent of like Starbucks in Austin, Texas has breakfast tacos.
4: Instead 100%. of, like, instead of like, a yeah. Or, like yeah, and to even understand like Austin didn't have a Starbucks until 1997, right? Like it, you know it's and we we didn't get a Macy's until the early 2000s. Like everyone thinks of Austin as this like big place, but it was like very much a homegrown atmosphere. Yeah. for a very long time. Um, so. Uh, so basically, I saw those two ways, and I was like, "Well, I have no real brand." Sorry, I'm not really familiar with your. I'm like, you know, trying to see. Your it's time. always <laughs> it's always fun to test somebody else's oven yeah. and stove for the first Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I was like, I don't have a brand, you know, worth go. And also, I mean, thank God I didn't try to do retail partners first because there's a lot more regulations when you get into that area. That's so great. it's like. Yeah. Wouldn't have been prepared for it, but I said, okay, put that on ice. Let's go build the brand. Let's do brick and mortar, but we can't do brick and mortar. So how are we doing that? It's carts. Uh, it's impossible to get permits. How am I going to do this? So I just started emailing the parks department over <laughs> and over and over. So Shake Shack, like the original Shake yes. Shack was in, yes. you know, yeah, exactly. Right. So a park, so you're like, okay, I'm going to go right. And these so parks. I like, yeah, and so I and I had a lot of confidence in my ability to. Uh, basically, it came down to you have to like uh, respond to RFPs. You have to present your case, basically. You just sell it, which is advertising. And so, or like I learned that skill um, of selling things in and advertising. So I was, luckily there were, uh, there was an RFP coming from Prospect Park, and there was one coming from um, Financial District, and I responded to both, and we won both. Um, And so... How did you find them? By by emailing the Parks Department and like working my way up, like calling every day, Hi, I spoke to so and so yesterday. They told right. me that you could connect me with so and so, who said that there might be an RFP coming out. Like what's this what's the timing of this other RFP? Just persistence. I mean, just like really knocking down the doors of the parks department who is you know sometimes a little bit opaque. And why is the parks department
3: easier to get a permit for than like it's that's it's like just a totally separate system. Totally like... separate
4: system. It's like there's unrestricted permits and that's on the waiting list from 2007. Which someone just told me yesterday that they have. If you've been on the waiting list since 2017, and are now releasing a bunch of permits. I was like, I have. Am I going to get the permit? I'm like, not do another cart. <laughs> oh um, but it was tr- it was. Um, it's been very impossible. They have a limited number of permits, and you basically have to wait for someone to die. Oh, my God. To get an right. unrestricted permit. Um, and then and there's that a whole market like that's involved, the truck, right? where they are. I mean, you think that all these, like, old men are hanging on to their permits and running their carts. No, they're selling those permits for $40,000, sure. which is illegal. And I didn't feel like starting my business, like, in an aggressive fashion. Yeah. 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 So, um... I feel like <laughs> yeah. I got can it. Make it. All right, sizzle so sizzle. We got onions
3: going into the cast iron, the nice diced onions. This is going to go with our beans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. okay, so that so, so you find
4: be How do so, the RFPs come up for the park? So, the one that when I first started talking to them, the one that that they said was going to come out that year for like a large amount of locations, yes, yeah. some locations are owned. And let me say, any spot that's green on the map in New York City is basically owned by the Parks Department. Right?
0: So I had kind of mapped out. I want to go here. I want to go here.
4: I want to go here. So I was like, who owns Manhattan Park? Who owns Prospect Park? Who owns this? And sometimes the answer was like a business improvement district, or sometimes the answer was the Parks Department. And if it was um, the Parks Department, they were like, that RFP coming out later this year. Fast forward, that RFP. And downtown Alliance for Downtown New York both had RFPs coming out. Responded to those. That's what we. Um... And at
1: this point, are you still on your own? How did you fund this?
4: So this so in between this year and I, be I would be lying. I think all of those convertible notes closed in August. So I think like in spring, once I won the RFPs, I did a friends and family round. Which so how did
1: you convince the parks to give you that space? to to win that RFP without any funding to essentially build a business. Are you an amazing salesperson or was there some? Sounds like it. Tell us. That's a really good
4: question. Not to say that that's a bad
1: thing. Yeah.
4: uh, I think that they, so they have, well, that might be why the large problem has so (laughs) much But aren't there
1: other, I mean, aren't you up, up again?
4: Uh, you know, sort of hospitality or other places like that that are sort of buying these spaces? So not paying attention. That. I don't know what is happening. I also think the plain field isn't quite even. I'm sure there are a ton of, like, you know, immigrant-owned businesses that would have... I don't know who else opposed against me, but, okay. like, I don't know. I, I'm, i you know, actually, I'm trying to think. They, like, had me... Oh, they had me, they had the me like... show a balance sheet.
1: <laughs> okay.
4: And... I I don't think I had any money, so I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> did you move them with breakfast? I did move
4: them. They, they did taste it. So the thing oh, about okay. so the thing about these RFPs is that um, they are based not only on like operating experience um, and the actual idea, the operating experience, the uh, like benefit to customers, and then basically and then the food itself. So it's like ranked, There's like several things, and I think that. Our idea was just very good, and they obviously saw the value to the parks. So, um, and to be honest, the rent is is you know negotiable. You propose your own rent. So.
1: You propose your own rent. Yeah.
4: yeah. I proposed way too much for Prospect Park. Really? It's okay. It's our highest grossing location. <laughs> oh wow! I didn't really know what I was doing. Was like
3: a percentage of sales deal?
4: Well, they actually, they've been awesome, and they did renegotiate with me during COVID to bring it to percentage of sales. I was like, listen, I, when I originally proposed, I always, you know, was planning on this being 10% or less. That's so crazy. They're not like, I would have been like $200. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what it is. It's like operating experience, right? but yeah, how much is Right. And they do this game where they're like, you know, we're not going to tell you how much um, it is or like, you, you can tell? see how, yeah, you can see how um, much other people are paid. Oh, okay. So that in the past. In the past, but so Prospect Park was all new, so there was no reference.
1: Now, how does that work? Some of because some of these buildings in yeah. New York Park could have been.
4: Well, so mine were just like no, yeah. So they'll do capital projects where so they they want you to. With you. Uh, they They will them, invest, or? or they want you to invest. Like Macarena, they're they're whoever is doing that now. I think it was like or a bazaar or something, but they're, they have to pay for that. Got it. And they probably want you to, they, they're gonna make you show money. <laughs> right. But for my cart, it was like, here's the design, here's what we're doing. Like, they gave you the cart. No, no, no we you it. Give yeah. You yeah. But I had to like you know share my cart design and all of that. I, honestly, I guess there wasn't really a high bar except for them like trusting that you can do it. And to be honest, like, I'm one of the only operators that's, there were three people who won that RFP in different locations, and I'm the only one who ever opened. Wow. So, um, (laughs) or one opened but then closed like soon after. So they have a tough time. It's in the park. So fast forward to Madison Square Park, like, I proposed a rent that they were like, you know, that's very low compared to what people have paid in this space before. And I was like, and where are they now? (laughs) Right. Uh, Like, yeah. So I was like, I know it, you know, I think that they, in that case, were like more interested in, um, I think someone who could operate consistently and i think for all the parks that's really what they want they want someone who can operate consistently like one of the metrics that um prospect park does is like how many days of op- for their other like the things that we were able to reference were other operators they had like a cafe in the middle of the park and it's like how many days did they operate the year and it's like 30. no really and yeah but then maybe i'm exaggerating don't quote me. <laughs> but like yeah. but it was like they weren't open very often right which sucks they're trying to provide a service Right. To, right. to the right. park, to so the park. they just wanted someone, they wanted, someone they're judging you as an operator, and obviously for Madison Square Park, that became a much easier sale. I was like, you know, look, I operated rain, wind, sleet, snow for two years in other parks, so that was like an easier sell. So, so you basically
3: started the two parks at the same time, just because yeah. of the I opened a, Yeah,
4: September, I just wanted to get an open ASAP, September for Prospect Park, 2017. Uh, and uh, November for Pi Day. Don't open year. a cart in the middle of winter
0: and kind of <laughs> in Central District. we it. Worked out. we
4: ended up being okay. Yeah. yeah and so right, you had a commissary
1: cooking the yes. food, and then you had people to operate the cart. How was
4: this? Oh boy. How how deep do you want to go on mobile vendor services <laughs> <laughs> I was I was running the cart. I was also cooking tacos. I was I was working in the cart several days a week. I was the original driver. I. Right. But like you have to get people. It has to have a license. Has to have a it. mobile vendor license, which is different than the food. We actually protection. know a little bit about mobile. We had a mobile. We uh, had a
3: mobile truck that was not mobile, so
4: we had mobile. Oh yeah. yeah! Nice. Yeah. You know they let you do that class online now. Oh. You believe that? Oh, you used to go to 100th Street and yeah. do it in person, yeah. but now from COVID, there's so many good things that happened to me. I know <laughs> things, <laughs> things yep. actually got a little bit more efficient. Yeah, they were like, actually, we don't need to make you go through all these terrible hoops. Yeah. So you had the two, and for
3: that's where you got, that's where you raised the friends and family was to start those two carts.
4: Yes, it was to, yeah, to fund the two carts, so um, we raised thirty uh, k, which, you know, at the time was millions of dollars. But, well, felt, but that's not much. No. <laughs> no, <laughs> to that. actually build a custom cart. Uh, my carts were tiny. My carts yeah. are, like, the size of this island. And then you had to rent a commissary kitchen, though. Um, to cook the tacos. So then right? I was paying, yeah. So so basically, getting us on this daily production schedule allowed me to. So I was in the shared kitchen in, in Industry City called Hauna Kitchens where okay. I was renting by the four-hour block. Stress, like getting out of oh like yeah, the, the kitchen by the time, minutes. yeah, by people standing at the door waiting for you to get out. People getting into you have a cubby basically for all your stuff. Like people are like I'm missing gloves, you know. When I walk in the next day, <laughs> right. it's just like nightmare. I always say there's like so many things that I've run into in the business that that, was, that didn't stop me. I, I will never go back to a shared kitchen. It was tough, but it's a great place to come up. Um, I learned a lot about what how I don't want to run my operation. Um, That's important. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, we were in the shared kitchen, but then I was like, I can't keep going up, down, up, down calling people, hey, I have a catering order, can you work tonight or tomorrow morning? So you're taking
3: catering orders, plus you have
4: the carts. Well, then, so the carts were enabling me to get into an everyday production schedule. So I was going to be open um, every day. So we rented out a kitchen in the shared kitchen that was ours permanently. Yeah. and then yes, the commissary for the actual cart, we were a non-processing, which is another decision I made about like grab-and-go. Right. I had to convince the Department of Health that a breakfast taco is the same as a sandwich, which was incredible of like how hard that was. Um, I remember one of the I guys- I love said, it, because an Angel debate. it's a taco sandwich. The, US, <laughs> the, the USDA says no, but Department of Health, in New York City, I mean, they were saying you could do a pre-packaged sandwich at a non-processing cart, I was like, so this is a pre-packaged taco, breakfast taco, they were like, I don't understand. <laughs> I was like, oh, they were like, how are you gonna put Still lettuce on forever, and I yeah. like, it? Lettuce. Lettuce. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't have lettuce on a breakfast taco. and he goes, what if you want to put lettuce? I was like, I would never allow someone to put lettuce on a breakfast <laughs> <like>, oh, <God." laughs> taco. Um, so they let me do non-processing, so that meant I could use a depot. There's just I don't have to empty water. I didn't have a hand wash sink, so I found like a, a commissary in Gowanus that was locally, like, or close to it was very close to Industry City. Old man named so Nick. these are
1: fully assembled.
4: At, fully assembled. So there's, there's no handling whatsoever for the. These, no handling. The yeah, we couldn't do like a salsa bar because that would have been handling. Handled. We couldn't yeah. do drinks with ice because that would have been handling. So I sacrificed a few things, and the Department of Public was like, "You should make this a processing cart." Like my inspections, my first inspection was a nightmare, where you take the cart to the to the to the depot or to the comp to inspection depot. Um, Hold on, no, so it's salsa first. Yeah. <laughs> was, I've done this before where I, I did the eggs first. Um so now we're gonna start the Migas tacos. Um, so we just
3: refried some beans with a little onion and oil, and
4: now that's chilling yes. the other side. Dish. And actually, because I assumed I myself thought I was doing eggs first, I put oil in here and I don't wanna do yeah. this or else it's gonna splatter on me. It. Can I just pour it back in here? I'm yeah. gonna be done. Yeah. yeah. Um Got distracted getting fired up about DOH. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's something like it's, it's, like it's that gets restaurant tours hot into the collar
3: here. It's yeah. Not like DOH and the permitting
4: process. Um, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, commissary, I mean, now I was able to hire a full time staff. I was able to have a kitchen that no one was entering daily, stealing things from me. Oh my God. You know, it was just like that. And then we were able to start building a brand, right? and that's how we got our first review from. Robert C. at Sema, and, like, that's how we became a brand. A brand like what you wanted. Yeah. So, it was the
3: two carts, the catering, and then and you had the... And the then I
4: was food. like, alright, now I'm going to go into coffee shops. So, um, I started... Um, I mean, we operated the carts for, like, a year to a year and a half, maybe? And was so the response immediate for that? No, uh, right, I just, no. The response... So, we were lucky in that our second kitchen... Um, Yes. was the former uh, catering kitchen or commissary kitchen for Hill Country, who's like a Texas uh-huh. brand who wanted to carry breakfast tacos. So they uh-huh. were like a first, you know, easy sell of a customer. Well, uh, but the carts, though, did that immediately catch on? Oh, the carts? The, car- the carts. Prospect was a little bit harder. Financial district was quick. I guess prospect came before financial, and uh-huh. so I think that, like, it was... it. it I think it, yeah, it did catch on pretty quick. I mean, we had the farmer's market on Saturdays, which was a blessing. And you were running seven days a seven week. Seven days a week. At, the, at all locations until yeah. that time. I mean, we definitely went out the first day with, like, you know, 400 tacos and, like, sold 50. You know, yeah. so it's like, that's so like good. A very so, of,
1: like. Oh, 100%. I used to. And the people are, like, tacos. Are yeah.
4: Um, and the King David got a few looks. And then, yeah, tacos. What is a breakfast taco? That used to be, like, a big question. We like, don't. <laughs> we don't, that's like in our interviews, in our training, like, what is a breakfast taco? I'm like, how do you explain this? Um, so, um,
3: so there was customer education and customer people are education, like, why am I eating tacos with my financial coffee. district was
4: like very fast. I mean, I set up literally in front of the last ad agency that I used to work in because I just saw people. I myself felt like I'm going to work and I'm buying food from a bodega that I'm paying $12 for. My hair, I walk out, my hair smells like bodega and I'm not <laughs> satisfied with what I got. So right. it's pretty immediate and that's how you kind of knew like there was a need okay um so so yeah the carts did it themselves i always say i'm like if only we had invested in advertising imagine what we could have done like i was right. doing our pr like it was when I it was scrappy it's still
3: scrappy, it's still scrappy. okay so then tell you're, us about the yeah, transition, to transition into
4: exactly. shops. so okay december 2018 i feel like bergen rip reached out to me Cold um, Hill Country was like becoming our new landlord. That was, so those were our first two customers. And um, I had always had my eye on Hungry Ghost. So I cold called him and, or emailed like through their website, just like, hello, (laughs) info at Hungry Ghost, like, or it's like a form, you know, and I explained what I did and he was, he emailed back and was like, let's meet. And I, um, I guess I sold him on it. Marat, he was like, "How do you know you're going to be in business in a year?" I was like, "Because I will." Yeah. <laughs> I Just, yeah. I, just yeah. I know I will. Yeah, and how like, many hungry ghost locations are there? Um, Eleven now, and you're in all of them. Yeah. And you yes. did, I would imagine, you did, like test runs Yeah, yeah we did it. it was, like right? two in are in their like most kind of embedded stores, um, and then, um, and then just kept tacking on, tacking on, tacking on. And he how was, did you handle
1: the like additional scaling? That, scale yeah. for making the tacos were you still in the same
4: we were so we had now moved to our own now you're in Hill country yeah we're in like on in downtown brooklyn and like their old catering kitchen which like yeah and like i was like we're in a palace this is a palace right (laughs) Um, it's nice to keep upgrading yeah in the right direction we got our own walk-in i was like this is this is the it for the end for me um (laughs) so um How do we handle it? I mean, the thing is is that our product is made to scale. Like I made it so that, you know, you could add on hundreds of tacos at night and you should be getting better utilization Mm -hmm. of your staff, of your, of your assets. Are there varieties? Is it like one skew essentially? So we started with two and then we added, we started with green bean and BPEC. We added chorizo. I'm trying to get this, the migas, by the way. The key is when you do. If you're doing salsa, you have to cook all of the water out. Otherwise, you're going to end up with like a weird mealy egg. Yep. Right. So I really reduce it down to just the guts, I guess. Tomatillo. Are you going
1: to take that out and then put nope. the egg
4: in? You, no, you put the
3: it? egg yeah. in. Yep. So we're reducing down the. We put green salsa in the pan. It's reducing down. Can we talk
1: about what's in the salsa? Is that a, so? No, it's not a secret.
4: It well, you could look at it and figure it out. Um, <laughs> so, well, but I'm saying like, so you know, there's they secrets, mm-hmm. but I'll, yeah. I won't give you the secret secrets. It's a really <laughs> Um We do, um, we have uh, fresh and pickled jalapenos in here. And then we also do carrots, which is the orange bits in here. Huh. Uh, and they make all their own salsas. So it's yes. healthy salsa. It is healthy salsa. Stuff. There's no, a lot of people like add sugar to salsa. We don't add sugar to uh, salsa. Really? Like just to, to, to reduce the acid. Um, but, yeah. yeah now sugar we're adding in our eggs. salsa. They're yeah, we just adding
3: our eggs. salsa.
1: How long did you test with Hungry Ghosts before they decided let's do this?
4: It was probably like a few month process. Like yeah. we are doing like two. I think he also wanted to make sure that I could you know keep my word and actually deliver every day. Sometimes I think about that. We've done really good job of being consistent. Right. I don't think everyone is. Um, do they have
3: your stuff with other? Is it is there like they have a lot of breakfast offerings or was it like so now they are now, some like your own breakfast tacos? They, oh, really? they before wow.
4: COVID they had a kitchen. And they were serving their own breakfast tacos, which, no offense, Marat, those are definitely wraps. Raps, <laughs> they're, they're wraps. They're not really breakfast tacos. But because they served a different purpose, mm-hmm. they had people we're putting chips yeah, into, into the, into the migas. So you do it while the eggs are still wet so that you can get... Um, I've never
1: seen this done. know. I've never I'm seen crushed chips it.
4: put in. It's I didn't like, really yeah. know
1: what to expect with breakfast tacos, <laughs> and now I'm like... Yeah, I kind of thought um, I, like, what's she gonna do? Put some eggs in the tortilla, but, like this is
4: yeah, that's this, the the thing, like, right? this is a thing. This a lot, lot more. This sounds You gotta watch yeah, out for the dog. There's, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Um, so, and then I'm turning off the pan. I mean, you never me guess you can like cook more than a traditional, like a regular egg. Like I do a soft scramble, but um, you don't wanna. Cook.
3: Do you, is it typically soft scrambled with the, the eggs that go into the taco? Our,
4: our eggs are soft scrambled, yes, because then there's also like, you know, they are then held for four hours. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so is this something that you made a lot as a kid or like? My mom made, I so started? my mom, that's why
4: it's called Mom's Amidas. My mom made Got this it. every every uh, weekend. She, she made a salsa. That's the inspiration for the mom's salsa. We had to like doctor it a little bit just to become more food service okay. friendly very sexy Katie like. am yes <laughs> um, so but yeah so she made a salsa that she would make me just like this same process yeah. reducing I remember her you know watching me do it even if we didn't have her salsa and I was making me guess with paces because yes we ate paces sometimes <laughs> so
1: you love paces I love Pace
4: the New York
1: City In New York. <laughs>
4: um yeah, so uh, she's always like, get the water out, reduce all the water out. Yeah. Um,
1: so okay. now you're in so now eleven, hungry ghosts. You've got the parks going
4: on. Yep, got the parks. We got hungry ghosts. We've got who else was back then? I mean, COVID. You know, we lost a few in COVID, but we just started expanding to other people. And hungry ghosts. It served as the marketing vehicle, I think, for everything else. So is that partnership? And he was he and his team is really awesome to work with, and they were really successful because he was very analytical about his numbers, figured out some stores sell a ton of tacos, some sell some stores sell less, but he was very on top of like the trends in that way and was able to reduce his waste and just make it very successful for them. Oh, I was saying they sold their own breakfast tacos, but one was for people who are gonna sit and eat and they can sit there and order breakfast tacos and wait 15 minutes for it to come out and then they're sipping their latte and they're on their right. computer
3: my yeah. taco is for
4: people who are in and out you know right. who want their coffee to go who have kids screaming you know we know that. Like, yep. yeah yeah yeah
3: so if you want one hand on this stroller one hand with one yes, yeah one exactly. hand with a taco so it's, just, and it's a
4: different a use case and that's and that's how Hungry Ghost was able to sell their own breakfast tacos next to my breakfast are they tacos. still selling their own? No, they closed their kitchens during um, COVID. Yeah. And what, did you need? You know. How quickly like we assemble tacos now. You want to yeah, do it now? Yeah, We're let's ready. do it.
3: Yeah.
0: We're ready. We're gonna
3: flash our tortillas and assemble tacos. Yeah, we yeah. can munch and finish our chat. So now you're in all the hungry ghosts. Did you have to raise, tell us about, like, hiring and if you had to raise additional capital to move to the next steps. Yeah, now you're in, in the
1: logistics as well because you're driving right. the tacos yes. around
4: all yes. so I, I often joke that I just basically have a taco logistics company. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thinking about that when you were, like, I doing totally, the research yeah. for this episode. I totally do um, have a taco logistics company, which is funny because even in advertising, my clients are always, it's not really a joke because it's not funny, but, like, they knew I loved logistics. Anything that involved, like, how mm-hmm. things are coming together, like is, is what I love to really get into. So I combined the two things I love the most.
3: This is what my like business school professors always said it's like you win businesses on logistics and the really unsexy shit. Yeah. I, just, and, that's, like, and
4: honestly, like that's, I have no qualms about, you know, we are the businesses. I don't try to like be sexy. It's like, this yeah. is good food, functional food, food that you want to eat, food that makes people happy. I'm not like trying to, you know, put on some crazy show. And honestly, if we don't, in our own business like take care of the unsexy things yeah um i think maybe my pr person would argue i don't focus enough <laughs> on the sexy things yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah logistics are important so now i'm in logistics i mean i don't know it was insane like it was insane <laughs> i um
3: what does the team top look top like you have driver life? do you have yeah. cars with drivers and you have like work yeah do we have,
1: like a loading dock i'm picturing yeah
3: to- <laughs>
4: So, in at Taco 374, Pearl, yeah, oh, yeah, well, we started. Um, like we did have a loading dock at, at HANA, but we didn't have one at, at 374. Just tacos going straight out in, in you know insulated carriers or like bags with heat packs. Um, we I had to like, Going out like at,
1: six in the morning or five in the morning, so yep. So,
4: it. COVID that helped day. us with times. We used to like leave at five six in the morning, in the morning but then people started. Um, opening Slating later yeah <laughs> exactly so what um, so you
3: have like an overnight cruise basically I mean,
4: overnight now we basically have 24 hours all but like four hours of tacos being made to wow. being prepared to go out to doing all of this and do you have like standing orders at these locations or are they yes. changing the orders yeah, all the time Yeah, they're standing orders yep that's part of the retail partner program so we grew to before covid we were at 25 Retail,
3: locate, partners, retail partner locations. All Hungry Ghosts, or no, a hungry, hungry Ghosts, um, and then
4: Independence Stumptown. Stumptown. Well, actually, I I, I did try to sell Stumptown on on the retail partner program before we started um, with Bergen or, or Hill Country, and they um, had passed. They chose someone else who made apparently like not great burritos because <laughs> then they came back to me. But um, but they're you they're never awesome. know. So they were with us, yeah, before before COVID. Um, and who else? I don't know. Independence. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Some uptown. One chain I won't mention because they didn't their that. Okay. <laughs> They're still operating. Oh, really? It's yeah. still
3: operating. Yikes. Um, so in the last two years, you've added 35. You're at so 60 then we've lost now. half of them
4: during COVID and we were down to like literally just Hungry Ghost and you had two <laughs> carts
3: and just Hungry Ghost or you have more carts and now we had Madison
4: Square Park we opened in j- June 2019 I like swore I wasn't going to do another cart and then that RFP so the RFP that they said was coming out in 2017 mm-hmm. came out in 2019 mm-hmm. um or maybe it was like 2018 but it was a long time after they said which is you know part of the, the part of dealing with the city just name of the game but um um uh, oh, I forgot we're planning this. Um, So we opened, yeah, I proposed. I was like, if we get it, I don't have to do it. And then we got it. And I was like, I have to do it. Well, Um, now, yeah. So, um, yeah, because it's, you know, Shake Shack is the goal. It's always the goal, right? (laughs) Is that what you see for this business? In the same way that it's like, you know, brick and mortar everywhere? No, but in the same way that it's ubiquitous, yes. Um,
1: Do you see it as like a... a phantom bagels is one that I pulled. It's like a, yeah, Star- it's Starbucks. Is it yeah, Starbucks. interesting. Yeah. Starbucks a goal for, what I you're would doing? say,
4: you know, Starbucks is definitely a, a goal. It's someone that right. we, you know, we're looking at exploring different ways to produce our product that would be more conducive to a Starbucks model. So they're not dealing with like the level of kind of analysis that we do with our local, um, partners to make sure they're not wasting to make, you know, we have a four hour shelf life on our product. Right. Um, mm-hmm. so, um, It it works, but it's not going to be, you know, to be scalable, we have, we we need to figure out how that becomes more manageable for the big guys.
1: Is there another way, yeah, is there other ways of looking at making and storing the product that's frozen and then transported or something like that? Frozen, yep.
3: And then reheated. Yep. So, so now you recently opened your own, your own brick and mortar,
4: right? Um, That's also
3: part of a larger commissary.
4: Um, so we have our production facility there. Yeah. So production it's basically, yeah. yeah, our commissary, yeah. um, is, um, at 611 Bergen and we have our first brick and mortar retail, which I feel like might have been confusing to people because they expected us to start making the tacos there, like, like made to order. And I'm like, no, we're still grab and go. Still it grab says and go. grab and go huge on the side yeah. of the building. Like, I'm, like, it's like a huge, no, I want the one that,
1: yeah, that just that, came out.
4: Right. And I'm like. It's still the same. Guys. Why
1: retail brick and mortar at this point?
4: Because I was building a production facility and, and I there's and and foot traffic. And I split traffic. Like oh. We had, because of the nature of our product, um, being, um, uh, having the time limit that we do, right. I couldn't like, you know, go deep into Bushwick where the rents were maybe cheaper. The space was bigger, but we had to kind of find somewhere in between. So we're actually like in a manufacturing slash residential zone,
1: okay. um, <laughs> Be now, how do you compete on like price points, Say for for the bodega sandwich or the bagel down the street. What's the price on these?
4: Um, the well, you know, I was actually in Financial District the other day checking out the v- bagel prices. They're not that cheap anymore. Um, You're not that cheap. They're not that cheap. They're not that you cheap. You know, there's like, it's $8.50 yeah. for a wrap that's like lower quality ingredients all around. Um, right. So we at our uh, location are $4.50 to 5.50 dollars per taco. And oh. people usually get one or two tacos. You, okay, I s- caveat this with like, I like to eat and I will eat one for breakfast. Is this the standard
1: portion? Because this is, this healthy is a healthy portion. Of, this okay. is a
3: lot of
4: food. I would be eating. Like but I, I mean, one done for like this
3: more. is a standard taco. This is a standard taco. Like really? we're using your. Yes.
4: Yeah. Yes. This, this is dessert. a healthy portion yes. of.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. This would and be this is four fifty. Um. Yes. That's a good, That's a good deal. Yeah. yeah.
1: Especially in
4: Europe Yeah, but I think people think uh, they think that Tex Mex is cheap as dirt, so, right. so it should be big. Yeah, yeah it should cheap. be big, and and also are you know being wrapped, people just like visually think it's gonna be small, but I'm like actually there's like one point two eggs in there, and like you know right. a whole piece of bacon, and you know, um, so, uh. Yeah, I mean, comparatively, if we're not we're on par. Maybe we're more expensive if you get two, but it's much better quality food. Um, and I don't think the the sandwiches are going to continue to be three dollars for much longer.
3: Right, it's like an egg and cheese. So basically, you're like you're comparing
4: against an egg and cheese on a wall. Yeah, roll, yeah. Which is also a standard also near, like, near breakfast. Yeah. So the the point with the breakfast tacos though is also to like, um, not feel like you feel after you eat a bacon egg and cheese. Right. 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 You want to feel good. You want to feel like satisfied sustained you want to feel energized and happy about what you just ate and right I'm just like well, I, to I, get I'm so uh, hot. I mean yeah.
3: i always ate an egg and bacon egg and cheese on a roll when i was like very hungover
4: so i never felt good no matter <laughs> right. it's like a hangover here in new york right and that yeah. was yeah but how do you get eggs like when i in the last few months i was working in advertising i tried to like order a celebratory breakfast for my team and i like called lenny's and i was like hey can i get Fifty breakfast sandwiches. They were like fifty breakfast sandwiches. Like, hey. I was like, isn't this what you do? Like, $2. $2. Yeah. 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 It was
3: just like, yeah. I can imagine like being like, shut up. What do you want fifty
4: sandwiches for? Yeah. yeah.
1: What's so, your average order for each coffee shop? How I many are they? The coffee
4: like, shops typically order like, like, one? Yeah, I mean.
1: The average yeah go
3: for it.
4: tell everybody can, who's on um, who's like listening how we finished them. So sure. I put the um, migas on a tortilla, topped it with rajas and then um, cheese. I would just get the pulpy part and can, yeah. Um like I need a capture for the gram. And so. did the beans
1: go in the taco also?
4: You could try it without but then you know you could take like a bite of beans and a bite of uh, a bite of taco. So I'm the migas with cheese
1: and do we have anything about what the onions and the peppers are called? Rajas. Rajas. This yes. is one of your
4: yeah.
1: combinations. Yes. Is this your original?
4: Um, this is mom's migas, but we've made it verde. So mom's mm-hmm. migas is migas, um, uh, the traditional migas with like a red salsa, topped with rajas and cheese, and that's it. It's really good. Very good. Um should I try it? Yeah. Okay. Like I don't want to see how Please. I did because I did it. <laughs> this is this is an on the fly recipe. This is an
3: off, it's delicious. What's the
1: best selling? Variation of taco, this one.
4: <laughs> you did good. You did good. Um, no Delicious. Good cheese always helps. Um, mm-hmm. Our top seller is Mom's Megas by volume because um, of all the wholesale. So we don't sell any of our meat tacos to our wholesale customers, just USDA regulations because the taco mm-hmm. is not a sandwich. Um, crazy. It says a sandwich for DOH, sandwich or, but not for. Yes. So sandwiches can be wholesaled with meat because the sandwich lobby got some farm bill through. That's real. How crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, if you dig deep enough on Google, like Hillary Clinton, when she was running for Senate, like gave a whole speech about how there's there's such an issue between FDA and USDA and who's under what and what can be sold, how and by whom. And it's just not fair or even, or doesn't even make sense. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I mean that doesn't make
4: any sense. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not a food safety thing. Um they claim it is, but it's not. They're like you have to be inspected by USDA to sell a taco with meat, but you can go ahead and like sling turkey sandwiches and like, you know, run around with listeria if you want.
1: That makes no sense. <laughs> makes sense. So
4: um, yeah. So, um and but for, this is so that mom's migas is our is the top seller. Queen bean is probably like uh it's kind of skewed just by who our retail partners buy. But Queen Bean is, I think, a fan favorite, which is refried beans, potato, egg, and cheese.
3: And now the, and now you have three carts and three carts and sixty 65 retail par- sixty five retail, retail partners.
4: partners.
3: Wow. Yeah. Um, all in New York City.
4: All in New York City, and we are including four Whole Foods in that. Um, who part of like moving to our new facility was to be able to take on customers like that who are going to require more rigorous food safety audits and things like that so you you know can't be in somebody's retro not that there was nothing wrong with the hill country kitchen but like there's so many rules and like yep. this room has to be open to this room and this right. table needs to be in this place like and you need to have a foot bath and all those kind of things a foot bath foot bath mm. um it's it's yeah, real this
1: was the first one that
4: had a s- bath requirement. <laughs> yes. whole food in particular is not, not like a specific one, but it's part, part of, of the, like the so manufacturing levels. practices. Good. Yeah,
3: <laughs> So that's why you took the leap to get to yes. open your own facility. To be able
4: to scale, to be able to go outside of New York City, to be able to take on someone like Starbucks, like, you know, it's, you can't, you're not small time anymore. So mm-hmm. um, we needed to build our own facility and building our own facility in a place that was near, Close enough to like downtown, Manhattan and Brooklyn, and be able to deliver our product within the two hours we have to get it somewhere Mm -hmm. to let them sell it for four hours. Mm -hmm. Um, We, you know, ended up in a place that had the foot traffic that made retail make sense. It was always like that's just going to be gravy, right? It's like it's grab and goes, right? It doesn't change who I need in the kitchen. It's just my my retail people Mm -hmm. and. Yeah.
3: And how much capacity do you have at this facility? Like how many more grab-and-go partners can you add before you're going to have to like open a second one or
4: look for a new market? I, at this, I mean, I don't want to say infinite because that's obviously not true, but like, you know, we could quadruple capacity quite easily in this facility, like without any additional like renovations or adding an upstairs kitchen. Like we have, Hmm. we've got 4,000 square feet of unused space right now. Wow. So we built this kitchen downstairs, but, um, and for this project, still...
3: did you have to buy, did you have to that finance, raise more money? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh,
4: still so. raising more money. <laughs> so. Who wants to invest? Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. no, well, okay. So, I mean, the timeline's important. We started looking in November, 2019. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, I guess I need a broker. Yeah. Uh, I guess I need a, you know, I don't you've know. You've never done doing. brick and mortar. Right. You, right. right. Um, never built a production facility. Um, had a good idea from like my experience in two different kitchens, but Started looking and then we started negotiating on a space right before COVID hit and um, they uh, pulled out when COVID hit. They were like, "We don't want to deal with food," mm. and I was like, "Okay." So it's we kept for the best searching and even know. then, yeah, probably it was definitely for the best. We got you know a much more favorable deal and a better location, um, but it was you know in the face of that, it was like during COVID, I was like, "Do I keep doing this?" We had started um, around a, um, a funding right, like, in December of 2019. So, like, yes, Gen awesome 2020. Time. Awesome <laughs> timing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, I am not shy to say, like, this is not what I do. I don't raise money for a living. I I <laughs> currently deliver. I didn't make tacos at the time, right? So, um, it was a little bit foreign, but, you know, I was able – I have friends who helped or, you know – network who helped us start to figure it out. Started conversations, um, then COVID hit, and I was like, I always knew we kind of might need to look into a bank loan, but then I said, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with um, finding investors, so let's put more of our funding into a bank loan. So we um, pursued a 7A loan, um, which is like an SBA, SBA loan, yep. loan um, That uh, and how did I find, I think I was on like I think i was using a city site to like match me with lenders and mm-hmm. i the
3: sba is actually good for like for anybody oh, who, the SBA site, yeah, yeah the sba you like enter all your yeah. information for anybody who is looking for sba lending yeah um you do have to have some like operating experience already i think that's why it's challenging for most yes. restaurant so but like, like you are a perfect use case, yeah. case for it like yeah. looking to raise something that's like a fixed asset yes. basically mm-hmm. makes yeah makes total sense to go that route debt yeah.
4: financing is cheaper than equity financing um yeah. Especially so the it was, yeah. yeah. It was, I mean, like, honestly, I feel like I still need to know more about what exactly yeah. we did. But, yeah. But, um, like, I'm like, I just was kind of blinders on. Like, yeah. Just keep, like, keep get it done, business get alive it right now. Um, like, we all so, were survival mode right. 2020. So, um, I forget the exact timeline. I mean, I know. So then I had a baby in July 2020. <laughs> Whoa. That was a little <laughs> bit yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't, I never, uh, told my banker that I was having a baby and I was like responding to emails like from the hospital. That's <laughs> true. That's your small business a, ownership. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Steve> Willard, sorry. you <laughs> are finding out right now I had a baby because I didn't, you know, I don't, I didn't know what they would think. Yeah, of sure. course they should not discriminate against right. me, but if they did, what yeah. was I going to do? Then like write my job and go sue a bank. Like no. no, So just felt like I could just move around it. So um closed on the loan, like at the end of the summer or like finalize the loan, signed the lease. At the end of July I had Raya 77. Seven, um and uh, kept I was raising money in between. I think we did get some investors on, um, basically KDT believers, like people who knew us um, in in our previous lives, you know, or Nate in his current life as you know, marketing there his clients, our friends of friends who, you know, worked in in hospitality, food and beverage, and, and also honestly people who'd been to Austin are like, this is a no-brainer, like yeah. why is this not happening here? Sure. Um, we were able to, um, we didn't, we did not, uh, raise the entire amount we were raising. We were trying to raise 800 K, but because in the middle of that, we also got PPP, mm-hmm. got, um, the IDL and we got the seven, a loan. So when I was using some of that funding for personnel, like, you know, PPP helped me do that. PPP right. helped me hire my operations nice. managers, you know? So, um, when we look back at that round, it's like, you know, we didn't, uh, finished the round technically, but we did everything we said we were going to do without having to give up having more of our company. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Win, win. And how <laughs> many people do you have now on the team? Um, we have 40 employees wow. plus like 10, 11 contract mm-hmm. drivers. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It um, feels like a lot and a little at the same time. Like when I say 40, I'm like, really? Do we have, do we have 40? Um,
2: but yeah,
4: exciting stuff.
2: This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 potato chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit RT11.com. Hi, I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, Executive Director of HRN.
4: HRN is dedicated to amplifying voices from all across our food system. Today, I'm asking listeners to take part in our summer membership drive by helping
2: sustain our mission to expand the way eaters think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, you can receive some great HRN swag, including the HRN cap, wine carrier, or a special spice set from Burlap
4: and Barrel. By becoming a member, you'll play an essential role in keeping nonprofit Food Radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org/donate to become a member today. Thank you for your support.
1: Should we do lightning round? Yeah, we usually
3: do like a little lightning round that we questions that we basically ask everybody. Cool. Um, what is your favorite menu item? At my my
4: restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> At your restaurant. Your restaurant. Oh, I it changes day to day and it's like asking like your favorite, which like asking your favorite now, child. So, I'm just going to I could give you a long winding answer, but I'm going to answer one for right now. <laughs> Bean, Bean and cheese. Bean cheese is my favorite. Um it was my covid favorite. It does great in a car when I was like out delivering, you know, pregnant delivering taco drops. Um <laughs> Uh, wondering if everyone was giving me COVID, I, bean and cheese, like, stays well. And, <laughs> yeah, you get, it's, I think, like, the staff, everyone eats bean and cheese right now. Um, and queso, mm-hmm. queso, but bean and cheese.
1: I think we talked about this already. The most ordered item is...
4: Queen bean would be the most ordered by customers. Right. Um, but the m- highest, the one we do the highest volume of because of uh, the wholesale kind of skew, we have one partner who does not carry the queen bean, um... They might start carrying it because uh, carry I'm the making, green beans. Well, I don't, you know, honestly you'd save us from having to make that beans. <laughs> many beans. How many tacos are you making a day? Um, it depends Sorry. on the day. It can range from two thousand to seven thousand. Woo! So, seven thousand tacos. Yeah, it's that's awesome. That's a
1: lot. Yeah. What's the best food cost?
4: Um. Uh, bean and cheese. Right. Um, but then for like the actual ones with eggs, which is more of a fair playing field, mom's Vegas. Okay. No. And then there's a, yeah, there's another taco that's technically cheaper, but it's no eggs. So. And your mom's most Magus. expensive taco is Oh, like, you need to make cost of goods or just, no, it? no, you're saying like they're your best margin items. Your margin. So oh yeah. Cheese, but um, but to sell like to the consumer is, is yeah. bean and cheese. <laughs> um, I guess we sell that at four fifty, but, um, BPEC is the most expensive, uh, the bacon, Taco is mm-hmm. our lowest margin right now, and Most we're gonna days. have we're gonna have to increase the price on it.
3: Right. Everybody is. Yeah, it's just how it is. Um, best business resource it could be a book, it could be a person, it could be a
4: podcast. Huh. Um. Ooh, that's hard. Okay.
3: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Take your time. I have to be a yeah. stumper?
4: Well, I have a few answers, but I don't really think. I mean, I really think like the partners that I've done business with have been great resources like um from Hungry Ghost even though he wasn't like actively teaching me anything like just the way he operated I was you know very in awe of of what he was doing and how quickly he could make decisions and how quickly he could get to his numbers he's like you know so he he's been a resource and also even during COVID like you know he's one of the only partners that stayed open so um being able to reach out and be like you know how are you doing this? Are your employees, do they hate you? Are they okay? Yeah. Like, you know, what's going on? Um, so other, other business owners are yeah. a huge resource. And then I will say like, um, in terms of podcasts, like how I built this is I how that. I, how I would end yeah. a day that I was like, I'm, I can't, oh, yeah. I can't do this anymore. And then I'd get on and listen to someone and I was like,
3: I <laughs> can do it. It's true. That's <laughs> always like such yeah. a, yeah.
4: Whenever you're going yeah. through something, it's like, just put on a, how I built this and you will feel better. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you will. I mean, sometimes maybe it's you know too hopeful, but I, I don't believe that. Like it's, those are, that's what keeps you going. That's what the goal is, right. Is to be yeah. Um, to be successful. So, and what's next for KDT? Um, well, I mean, every year is a new reinvention. I feel like, especially since now almost half of our time has been COVID. So, um, what's next is, um, you know, continuing to expand with some of our our partners who are expanding in the area and beyond, um, we would like to get out of just New York. Um, I'm sure Jersey City and Hoboken would be happy to hear that we... They're coming for <laughs> you and Jay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do that, it's easy. I mean, honestly, Hoboken's closer than, you know, some of our retail partners on the, sure. the west side. Yeah. So. At what
1: point do you need to... How? What's your time? Three. You said two hours, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, your trucks so and maybe two every hours, city. then you have to...
4: We keep things at temp, but we could actually extend that if we have different equipment. So, so if, had, if we had delivery vehicles that were, that were heated. heated okay. yeah. Got it. Um, so would that but, be the
1: move, to have heated trucks before so you had another kitchen and say,
4: depends, you yeah, somewhere? D- yeah, I'm sure there's going to be a point that, you know, that wouldn't make sense, but yes. Or you would, you know, deliver cold product and um, have it reheated. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you ever go open a store in Austin?
4: <laughs> just as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> just curious. Um
1: and what how much pressure would be there? I don't what know. know what,
4: what do the Texans say, say about, about, about that? The Texans here, most of them are very supportive. I think that they understand the Texans who are here for real, like understand that this can't be just like Austin because yeah, you're not they, in Austin and yeah. it's not the Austin palette, and like there's just some things that you have to change. I think that's part of the reason people maybe didn't make it work before, yeah. is because like you're trying to emulate something that isn't a lifestyle that wants to be emulated here. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense. So your audience, okay. yeah. So it's um, I the Texans. If I didn't have the Texan buy-in, I wouldn't be here today. So I think that they've approved me. Right. Um, I think that if anything, you know, everyone from Texas has their own opinion on like what is authentic. So I have tried to move away from like authentic breakfast tacos. That was a to your point earlier, like to educate the consumer. Like mm-hmm. it helped to give them a point of reference of Austin authentic yada yada but if like we're trying to make breakfast tacos a a staple grab and go breakfast item throughout the United States then like it doesn't matter that it's from Austin I mean maybe it will like brand wise my husband might have thoughts on that but um but um I think that taking it not tying it so much to Austin made it less controversial we yep, the Texans, right. and I was just able to say, like, do you like this breakfast taco? <laughs> okay, then, like, let's yeah. let's do business. <laughs>
1: cool. Cool. Um, where do we find King David Tacos online, on social?
4: Yep, so everything is, you know, at King David Tacos. Turns out there was not another King David Tacos. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> Turns out it was a name weird enough. Uh, to,
1: KingDavidTacos.com?
4: To be at KingDavidTacos.com. Cool. And, um, yeah, you can still see the Squarespace site that I built, and that Squarespace who was a catering customer contacted me once and was like, "Can we help you?" <laughs> <Can> <laughs> we help you? We help and that was before COVID. I'm like, "I'll still take you up on it." Yeah, got a little bit crazy.
1: So. Mm-hmm. And you can find us at Tila NYC and at We Are Opening Soon, and now you can watch the videos on YouTube. Yep. Thanks. And so um, much
4: for coming. This is so thank fun. You. Thanks for the talk yeah, it was delicious. Time.
3: Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by Hugh. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.